Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Our past may never cross again. Maybe my heart will never mend But I'm glad for all the good times Cause you brought me so much sunshine And love was the best it's ever been I wouldn't have missed it
on February 17th, the stage will be set for racing's greatest day, the Daytona 500. A day that delivers four-wide excitement, legendary moments, and unforgettable finishes. A day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever. The greatest race awaits. Experience the thrill of the Daytona 500 in person. Guarantee your seats before they sell out at Daytona500.com. This is Spencer Boyd, driver of the number 76 Grunt Style Chevy Camaro. Listen to the Pit Stop with Tim Despain. Nation. I'm Tim Despain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway. I'm about eight miles away to Crow Fly South of this 2.66-mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. Coming up here at uh, 20 minutes after the hour, we have Championship Crew Chief for Atari Racing. And Brett Moffitt, Mr. Scott Zipadilla is going to swing by and check in and let us know what all went on down there for Championship Weekend. But we... Uh, we had we had a good bit of news come out today. We uh we had uh Blake Blake Cook uh is coming back to the NASCAR Xfinity series. He's gonna drive uh for JD Motorsports. They officially announced that today. Um uh, we sort of had an inkling about might what be coming but we didn't really know. So Steve and I sort of were sort of watching out about that. Uh, we had one of my good friends sort of letting us know a, a few things, but we, we waited till we got the press release from from Johnny Davis Motorsports there. But, yeah, Blake Cook will be coming back to the NASCAR Xfinity Series. He will take the spot vacated by Mr. Ross Chastain, which is moving over to Chip Ganassi Racing. And like I said, the number to call in is 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Despain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. Let's bring Stephen in and see what he's got going on. Stephen, how you doing tonight, bro? All right. I'm rolling a little bit behind tonight. I'm doing all right. No problem. I know you have you have a lot going on there with your with your website and covering the uh, covering the sport as well as as you do. I want to thank you for doing that. But yeah, I was just mentioning uh, Blake Cook is going is going to take over the spot at uh, there for Johnny Davis that got vacated by Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain is going to go to the uh, Chip Ganassi Racing and drive the number forty two DC Solar Car. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? And I know we got some more breaking news too. Before, like I said, we've got. Uh, Coming up here at 20 minutes after hour, we've got crew chief for Brent Moffitt uh, and Hattari Racing, uh, championship crew chief uh, in the National Temple World Truck Series. He's going to stop by and give us his his insights. I want to I want to really sort of pick him and say how everything went up going into the weekend, because you know they had a little bit of bumps going on there. But anyway, uh, your thoughts? Blake Cook's coming back to the NASCAR Finish Series for Johnny Davis. Yeah, Blake. Um He's been out of the Xfinity Series car for um, a little while here. He uh, moved over to College Racing when they formed up in, uh, I think it was 2016, and, um, you know, as an offshoot of TriStar Racing. So he helped them get their start, and they eventually they put um, Ryan Trucks in the car. 
and now Justin Haley will be in that car this year. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, those, uh, yeah, he's been out of the car. He started a little side business filter time, which they ship out filters to you every three months for your house or RV or whatever you have going on. And, uh, you know, he, he, he stated a couple of weeks ago that, you know, he's, he started this company so that he could self-fund himself in, in racing because it's becoming harder and harder to uh, uh, to 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 go out there and, and find a sponsor. And a lot of these drivers are now fu- self-funding their own uh, attempts. So for him, it, it puts him back in a car, puts him in a car that um, – uh, you know, we we don't necessarily consider Johnny Davis as as front running cars, even though that Ross Chastain has has shown that these cars can run up front um, uh, on multiple bases. But uh, you know, for Blake Cook to get into one of these cars, this uh, this is this is a big deal for them because now they can uh, build upon everything that that Ross Chastain has really started over there. And improve performance with with a driver that um, is, is very well versed in these cars. So I think you'll see a, a, a performance level improvement um, from Johnny um, Davis from Motorsports by putting him in the car. And I think you know going forward, this this is an opportunity to for him to show that you know he can get back into racing and uh, he can get back and he can. Uh, um, race out there and um, get good finishers for for these uh, for for Johnny Davis Motorsports. And Stephen, to add to your comment, though you were, you mentioned performance. That's a that's a big word in the sport. You and I on a daily basis, day in and week in, week out, and all that stuff. Up. But you know, like you mentioned, Blake, he's been he he's been out of the car for a little while. Uh, a lot. of a lot of these young drivers do this sim race and the i race and stuff and all that to sort of keep up with their with their uh, agility, what have you. Do you think it might take uh, Blake a few races to get back acclimated to actually being inside that race car rather than doing some of this i racing stuff and actually getting in there where, like you and I talk about every week, some of these temperatures at some of these tracks in the summer can get up 130, 140. Do you think? It's going to take Blake a little bit to get acclimated to that. Um, I don't. I mean, it may take a race or two, but you know, it's most of the time one of these drivers they've been in the car for for quite some time that it doesn't take them very long. So no, I I don't think it'll talk, take him uh, very long to get acclimated to these cars. He's been in these cars before. The only real difference that you're going to see um, that he's going to see is the the body complete on these cars are different from the last time that he was in it. Now they're in the uh, SS Camaro um, in that where they were running the um, you know, I think it was the Chevy SS before. So uh, aside from the templates and some of the aero um, with these new bodies, um, no, I don't, I don't think necessarily you're you're going to see too much. Of him needing to be acclimated, reacclimated to these cars. And Stephen, to move right along, we also had some news coming out of the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series that you and I, and a lot of the media members figured that this was going to happen. Uh, I'm going to play the button that you really don't like because I've got to play it all of it.
Stephen Chip Ganassi Racing announced today they're going to put uh, going to put Kurt Busch in the number one there for Chip Ganassi Racing on a one-year deal uh, in the Monster Energy Cup Series. Monster Energy as a sponsor. And with that being said, Stephen, with a one-year deal, uh, I had been hearing rumors. I just want to get it from the uh, from the horse's mouth. Is this going to be Kurt Busch's farewell season in the uh, in the Cup Series? Uh, I think the indication is is that potentially this may be his last year, although there is um, an option there for him potentially in in uh, one more year in 2020. But really, at the end of the day, um, Kurt has wanted to run the Daytona, I mean, sorry, the Indianapolis 500. And for him to get into the Indianapolis 500, um, he, he needs um, he, he needs an owner that can field the car for him. Um, it, I think um, I think when was it? I think um, it's been close to ten years or something like that. I think when he was back at Penske. Um, that he that he went there for the first time, and he ran, I believe, the 2014 Indy 500. But he's always said that he wanted to come back and race it again. Um, he needs he needs that owner that's going to be able to do that. And with Chip Ganassi, it's going to open up some uh, windows of opportunity for him. That maybe if 2019 is his final season, that he may be he may go over and run the the Indy 500 uh, in 2020. Um, Kurt Busch has also run drag racing cars before, so he's been in multiple different series, and I think this just gives him an opportunity again to start doing some of the things that he wants to do, and some of those things are um, to 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 run the Indianapolis 500 again. And... Uh, I, I think that's where he's looking at, and I think he's, uh, um, I think he's just looking at the fact of what he can do um, as far as um, his opportunities, and this opens the doors. Stephen Monster Energy, they've uh, they've stuck with uh, with Kurt there for some time now. You know, when he over there at Stuart Haas Racing, and uh, I want to read a statement. Uh, this is Mitch Covington, the vice president of Sports Marketing Monster Beverage Company. Uh, "Quote unquote, Monster is super happy to get on board with Chip Ganassi Racing and Kurt Busch. Kurt has been a Monster Energy athlete for several years now, and we were glad to see him team up with another strong team. I believe Kurt and the team will win a lot of races, and we will have a lot of fun." And with that being said, for Mike Kevin, their vice president of Sports Marketing for Monster Beverage Company, and you mentioned the Indy 500 that Kurt wants to go back and run that again. And Monster has been loyal to them. Could we possibly see Monster Energy on an Indy car in the near future for the Indy 500? I think it would be interesting if we did. Um, I, I, I do believe that they're, they're going to um, – I think they're going to support him in any way that they can. And maybe that Indianapolis 
run. Um, we'll we'll give you we'll we'll, we'll potentially. Yeah, I, I I think so. I think I think that you could potentially maybe see some of that moving over there. Um, I don't know how. I know that Monster is looking for different marketing uh, avenues, and they haven't traditionally been involved really in IndyCar racing, even prior to uh, them coming into NASCAR or even sponsoring the the Cup Series. But um, I think. Um, Going forward, they're looking for as many different avenues as they can as they can get into. And Indy, Indy is one of those that they haven't they haven't um, exploited yet. So maybe maybe that's a possibility. Just want to throw out after and see what you thought. I just happen I've been thinking about that all day too, Stephen. But uh, don't want to put you on the spot. I want to go back to. Uh, Yesterday, there's been a lot going on, uh, listeners, so we're trying to get y'all caught up on everything, all the press releases that Stephen and I got. And I'm going to let Stephen have time to look it up. The Obaka Racing announcement yesterday, they uh, they signed Tanner Berryhill to a full-time ride for 2019. I know Obaka Racing has been flirting around this year, running a few times. I I think, quote me, don't quote me if I'm wrong, I think Tanner run the – Run the ninety seven at Homestead while we were down there, didn't you, brother? Yes, he did, and they ran. Uh, they they had made one attempt prior to that, but they they didn't make the field. So um, they are going to they are going to uh, run it full time in twenty uh, twenty nineteen, and they have bought some of the old BK racing cars, and they they have a charter for that team. I don't remember where they got the charter from, but they 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 do have a charter and they they bought some cars and what they plan to do in the future, whether they're going to continue to run those cars or not, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. But um, it, it will be interesting to see them. Will be interesting to see them go out there and run uh, these cars, and I, I think I, I'm I'm interested in seeing how it all works out for them. Exactly, and I don't know where they got the charter, neither either, Stephen, but I know that they got one. And uh, with these charters going around, you know, you and I talk about that all the time. I don't want to get back in this RTA stuff and uh, Rob Kaufman and, and this charter stuff, but I do want to throw this out. And uh, I'm sure Bossman will not mind me for throwing this out there, but I don't have nothing definite, nothing wrote in stone. But I got a text from Ron Devine, which you mentioned is the former BK Racing owner that had to file bankruptcy. He has something in the works. He won't tell me, but he said there's going to be some news coming soon. And as soon as it happens, we're going to bring Ron Devine on and see what else went on there. I don't, you know, I don't want to get everybody's hopes up, but uh, I'm sure Ron will not mind me saying this over the air that there is something coming down the pipe and. Uh, I don't have nothing, honestly. He has not told me what it is or what's going on, but there is something going on with Ron Devine, but maybe coming back to the Monster Energy National Cup Series. So that's going to be good, Stephen, bringing, bringing Ron back here. Ron's a good guy for the sport. Well, and, 
anytime you can reintroduce more uh, more owners into the sport because we're in desperate need of it at this time. We need to get more owners into the sport. And while I know that the Xfinity Series field, they're going to cut the field again. There's plenty of drivers as far as that's concerned. But getting drivers to the Cup Series has, has been an expensive proposition, proposition for anybody that's trying to do it, regardless of who it is. Um, you know, Rick Hendrick owns dealerships, Roger Penske owns dealerships and other manufacturing, uh, Jack Rouser's manufacturing and uh, of performance parts and, and, and other uh, parts of Michigan. So every one of these people have a side business that is helping not only to, to, to grow the business of motorsports, but also uh, get it off the ground. And, and, and it's just been an expensive proposition, but we're we're in need of more owners at this point. And I think anytime you know we've talked about Blinka, uh for them coming in in 2019, you know they they've been a part time team pretty much their entire existence, and for them to come full time shows a level of commitment to the Cup Series and to NASCAR racing as a whole. Uh, we want to see more full fields. We want to see, uh, you know, 40 drivers out there every single weekend running. Um, maybe they, we, we don't get that all the time, but the, the closer we can get to that, encourage owners to come into the sport or expand in the sport, it, it's, good, it's good for the overall health of the sport in general. And Stephen, to some of our listeners that uh... – are probably young, probably just now first time listening to uh, everything that we talk about. We used to have uh, a 42-car field with a 43rd car with a past champions provisional. Do you think we will ever get back to where we will have a 42-car? Just like you mentioned, we need more drivers, more owners, more teams out there to compete. With that being said, we were at a 42-car field with the 43rd car being a past champions provisional. Do you think we'll ever say that again in our sport? No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think that NASCAR is interested in, in expanding the field. Uh, we're looking at, you know, we're looking at reducing the field, and we're reducing the field for a multitude of reasons, and one of those is so that the remaining cars and the remaining drivers and owners, the field cars, can have a much larger share of the purse. Uh, more cars, the smaller the share of the purse. And by reducing the cars and reducing the number of cars that can be fielded, um, it, 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 lowers, it lowers some of those costs, but also increases revenue for those teams that are competing. And uh, unfortunately, one of the byproducts of larger fields is is that we're going to have start and park teams, teams that and their business model is to go out and field a car and run one or three or five or ten laps and then park it for the day and finish, you know, and, and finish it, you know, last place, forty second, whatever the number is. But that has become so prevalent that NASCAR stepped in and NASCAR well we may not totally be rid of that but we're we're trying to reduce it so that we we have more competitive cars in the field and there's reasons such as that 
or at least three of those reasons are why NASCAR has reduced the car count in the field that will be fielded, and they're continuing to do so in the Xfinity series because they want to improve the overall health of competition. They want the competition to be so that there's 38 or 40 good cars running out there and there's competition for to make cars better because maybe they didn't get in the field this week, but they're going to go home and make the car better. And for those remaining 40 that are in the field or 38 that's in the field or whatever the number is on the weekly basis, um, they they get to share in a much larger pot, which makes revenue streams uh, much more palatable or, or costs more palatable for owners or drivers or you know, those that are, you know, seeking sponsorship that, you know, maybe they don't have to ask for $30 million this year because they're getting an extra, let's say, million dollars from the purse because there's less cars. So it's for sponsors. It's a deal for sponsors. So this it's a lot of rolling downhill uh, on this, and I think that's where you see some of the advantages of cutting the cars in the field. Yeah, that's right, David. And uh, Scott Cipadelli is wanting us to call him, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring up this. If you want to go ahead and keep on talking, Stephen, and I'll let you know whenever I get this number typed in. But, uh, yeah, uh, I just wanted to throw that question out there to actually see if you thought we would ever go back to that that bigger field. But I can understand, you know, there's a lot going on in the sport, and there's a lot of things that you and I can't control. And there's a lot of things that some of our listeners and some of NASCAR fans don't understand that can't be controlled. It's called money. And you got to have money to 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 stand out in this sport. It's like our good friend Humpy Whitter always said, you know, you the the uh the uh sponsor the uh the owner going after the driver is said, okay, I won't put you in my car, but what are you going to bring with me? Like Humpy Wither said on our show one night two or three years ago, that dirt road country boy in the cornfield in Iowa is not going to get a shot because he don't have that kind of money to bring to the table with a sponsorship. And it's sad that it's come to that, but it, then again, I'm probably quoting myself again, it's always been like that, Steve. Back when Bobby Allison and all them, David Pearson, the late great David Pearson, Kel Yarbrough, they all had sponsorship, but they actually started off working a working their full time job a forty hour week to put food on the table. Well, then back then they all started saying, "Well, wasn't it? You know, we could uh, we could get a little small sponsor and go to these racetracks and everything, and we could actually do this full time." So that's when it really started back in, right, Steve? Well, yeah. I mean, this is the model has changed over time. I mean, you had a model in which there was most of these, when NASCAR began, most of these were self-funded teams, and these teams uh, would build a car and hire a driver, and you know, slap the side of their dealership on on it, or whatever the case may be. And that was the model for many, many years. Then it came to that, you know, the the sport expanding, and the sport um, you had to build more cars. You went to different tracks and. Uh, then you had to, you know, that, that money that you were making at your dealership, you know, just wasn't paying the bills. So then you start talking to, to somebody to slap their name on the side of it. And then you get a little money from that. And 
then it became, well, now we need a primary sponsorship because I found that, you know, it's more, I can make more money by, by selling the sponsorship, and then we have a whole year worth of sponsorship from a company, and that was the model for many, many years. And as time has gone on and the recession and many other factors into this, um, companies, uh, they don't want to do 38 races a year. They don't want to do 36 races a year, and maybe they want to do 12 races a year. So now you've got to look for three different uh, uh, um, sponsors that are willing to step up. And um, for, from there, you know, maybe you can only get 22 of those races sponsored. So sometimes that driver that you're putting in the car is filling the gap in because you know they they have a they have a family business, they have other connections somewhere else with a with with a with a sponsor, and those that model has continuously evolved to many of these drivers now essentially uh, uh, um, pay to play is what it's come to with with a lot of drivers where where they're paying and bearing the cost of going out there and running a race car on the weekend. And you know, it, it, I, I don't know if it's right, wrong, or indifferent, but that's the model that we have with many of these drivers today. And, and, and it continues to be more prevalent uh, as costs increase, and that's why NASCAR is trying to cut costs. Yeah, and Stephen, you know, like we talk about week in and week out, we can talk about that for a long time. Stephen, let's go ahead and bring on uh, uh, NASCAR Camper World Truck Series champion crew chief for Brett Moffitt and for Atari Racing, Mr. Scott Zippadilly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Championship cruise chief there in NASCAR Camper World Truck Series, Scott Zippadetta. Scott, how's it feel, brother? You done it. Good. How you doing? Doing good. Scott, I'm going to hand you over to uh, SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. Let him uh, ask, ask you a few questions first, and I have a couple before we let you jump out of here. Thanks again for calling sure. in, brother. We appreciate it. Scott, thanks, Todd. I appreciate you coming on tonight. Atari Racing this year probably pulls off the most Cinderella story of all. Earlier in the year, you going into Chicago, you didn't even know whether you were going to make it, and that championship run may have come to an end uh, until you, you had you had sponsors step up. Talk about just what it means for a team that you said at Homestead may have eight or ten guys working on this truck 14, 16 hours a day to to – Come out with this Cinderella story at the end of the year and win the championship. It, it means a lot, and I hope I hope a lot of people get uh, get out of it as as we have. Um, it is it is real. It's it's not fake. It's not uh, it's not a fictitious story that we made up. To we didn't know we had we had funding going in Chicago. We were not going to go to Chicago if we didn't get some funding because. We kept kicking the ball down the road, and when you get to a certain point, uh, and you go, listen, 
we just don't have the money. And if we go to Chicago, we risk uh, making payroll next month. You have to think about your employees first. So thank, thank, so thankful that freight auctions came aboard right before Chicago, and and we owe it to them for saving us at that point. They 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 brought enough money to the table where we could uh, we could travel there and 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 uh, pay for uh, you know our our gears, transmission leases, and buy tires, pit crew, and all the expenses we had. We we could get through the weekend and. And we pulled a win off, and and we just kept kicking the ball down the road to heading right into Miami. How, how is it different that your shop has so few employees when you compare it to a Thorsport or a KBM? Um, what do you guys do, or what do you have to do different with such a, a small crew of of employees both working at the shop on these trucks but also ha- taking them to the track uh, so, sometimes when you get uh when your when your company grows too big you start adding employees adding employees and then you'll and then every every 3 years or so you'll say man how do all these employees show up now i, I have an employee for every employee cuz they need a helper or they need an assistant or we're splitting jobs up into for for two employees. Um, so we had downsize mid season. We had to we had to let three guys go to save our team, you know. Um, but what's different from us to them is we have we have racers, and we don't let uh, an engineering group dictate what direction we go in. We don't let. Um, any any noise outside our own company get us distracted. We just focus on the plan that that I lay out, and we roll up our sleeves and we we work on our race trucks and we we kind of swim in our own swim lane, do our own thing, and 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 we kind of approach it like old school racing. We there's there's nine of us that work on the trucks, and man, we have a heck of a time doing it, and uh, it just works. How much is this? you winning the the championship this year and the spotlight and the media attention that you guys have received over the year, starting with the, the pull off of winning that Atlanta race way back in February that really kicked this thing off. Um, how does that change Hattori Racing for 2019? I, it's taken two years to get Hattori Racing where it's at. You know, we, we Mike Ricci and myself started this uh, rebuilding process last year in January. And uh, I'm sorry, two years ago, January. So we, we pretty much started from scratch, built all new trucks, new people, uh, new new facility, new everything. It's taken two years to get to this point, which isn't a long time. So we're very, very humbled by our early success, and we appreciate it. Um, what it means it honestly for me I, when i really think about it it means a lot for for a small team to do this because it shows that it can be done you don't have to be a powerhouse truck team to win races you don't have to be a powerhouse cup driver owned truck team or billionaire owned truck team or whatever you want to call it you know not not knocking any of those people they're all they're all great teams right but you don't have to be just like them. You can do your own business model if you work hard enough and you hire the right people 
and the right driver and have the right partners, this this can be done. For all the ups, there's always downs. And you guys, I mean, you guys had a lot of ups throughout the season and a lot of amazing pull-off wins. But what's one thing in 2019, I mean 2018, that you're going to take away from this season and learn from and build upon it in 20 or next year? I think it just gives us confidence in our program. Um you know, when you win your first race, it's kind of funny when when a when a new team wins their first race, you get everybody in the garage gives you a high five. All your peers and other teams give you a high five. The second win, they still say text. They they, they high five. You shake your hands. The third race, they don't look at you. The fourth race, the fifth race, you're even cheating worse. It's your engine. Every excuse, you know, you're not supposed to win. That team is not supposed to win. To me, what it what it means is we went to Miami, the same engine everybody else had, and I feel like we had a dominant truck. And we showed them that it wasn't just our engine. It was the, the nine guys working on the truck, the three people in the front office, which is Shiggy Hattori, the owner, Mike Ricci, general manager, and our receptionist, Kathy at the time. From the truck driver to receptionist, it's every single employee had their hand on this uh, championship and these wins. And it, it just kind of makes you, for me, it, it, it solidifies that, you know, we didn't get lucky when we won our first race. Maybe we did get lucky, but we didn't get lucky when we won our second, third, fourth. Like we, we deserved it. We earned it. We proved to everybody that this was a strong team and, and don't ever underestimate a small team. God, I appreciate you taking the time, and I'm sure Tim's got a couple questions for you, but congratulations on your championship you. this year and, and all that you guys have accomplished because you really can't, as you said, you, you can show that you guys or anybody can go out there and work hard and win a championship, and, and like you said, you don't need to be that billionaire cup series own team, so congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Stephen. Scott, can you talk a little bit about going into uh, race week there at Homestead Miami Speedway? Uh, the days prior to uh, the 23rd run in there, the EcoBoost 200, you and you and your team, y'all realized y'all had a shot to win this. Did you think it was going to take a win, a P1 finish, to actually win the championship there at Homestead Miami Speedway? You know, I I did I thought it was going to have to be a top. I, I did. I expected to have to be a top two finish. I thought Johnny Sauter would run better than he did. I thought it was going to come down to beating Johnny uh, head-to-head. Um, I didn't expect the 24 to run well there. I didn't expect the 18 to be as strong as he was. I thought he'd be a good, solid top five truck, but Noah did an amazing job all night. But I thought it was going to come down to uh, Brett and Johnny uh, on the racetrack for uh, – the last segment. That's what I expected. Um, we had we had worked on our Miami truck for three weeks ahead, maybe even longer. Um, I pulled that truck out of rotation, and we started working on that, getting it ready for Miami. And it, we did a lot of work just just for that particular race. Um, and I honestly, I give 
my whole the whole team credit for executing flawlessly all weekend from from the time we unloaded to the time we qualified and raced everything went as planned we had no issues uh the guys were focused and uh it it was it was actually it seems kind of crazy but it was a really smooth no drama weekend for us and and i surprised myself that we actually dominated that as well as we did And Scott, the uh, the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series, uh, the first practice there, Brett was uh, P was P three, and then in final practice he was P sixteen. Were run. With that being said, were you trying to, you know, do a qualifying run and all that, like some of the other guys do, and then a race run in final practice? Was that what you were trying to accomplish there? Uh, just want to get your thoughts on them two practices, bro. No, I, I we didn't do a qualifying run at Miami. Um, you, you get we had five we had five sets of tires available for the race, and the only way you could do a qualifying run is if you use one of your race sets and do a mock run, which would mean you'd have to put that set on during the race. They would have two laps on them, and two laps at Miami is a lot of speed. Uh, so. Yes, a lot of guys did qualifying runs the second practice. I chose not to. We just worked on our race runs. We did uh, we did five five seven laps at a time, and then our last run we did we did more than that. And uh, you know our truck was really fast even on even on old tires, and it, the fall off speed wasn't um, wasn't as high as some of the other trucks. So I, I felt pretty confident getting in, getting into the race. Uh, once we got through the first 30 lap run, you know, the track, uh, track kind of stayed the same for us. It didn't change a whole lot. And, uh, you know, it was just a smooth weekend, really. Got my final question before we let you jump out of here. Uh, being sort of the, the coach, the crew chief there, did you sort of have a pep talk with you and your Atari racing team and Brett Moffitt prior to the start of that race that Friday evening? It's sort of like a, like a get me up deal, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, I did. I had several conversations with our guys, the team meeting, you know, before we left the shop, before practice, before the race. But my plan had had not changed. My delivery had not changed. I just told the guys that whether we win this thing or we lose this thing, what's most important is that we give we give it 100%, give it our all we could, the best job we could. And that um, our lives be exactly the same when we got back home. So you can put a ton of pressure on yourself to the point where you'll make a mistake. And when you get back home to your family, your life is going to be exactly the same, whether you bring the trophy home or not. So just just do what we have done all year to get here. Just do your jobs. Do all the obvious things right. Focus on the job and tune out all the other noise from the media and all the other teams just focus on what we're doing and everything will work out. And, and the guys did just that. They stayed loose. They stayed focused. They, they did an excellent job, including Brett did an amazing job all weekend, all year for that matter. And, uh, we stayed focused and we got up to bat and hit a home run. Yes, sir. You exactly did that. Scott, before we let you jump out of here, we always let everybody know, 
let all of our guests know where you, they can follow you at on social media. Any any sponsors that you want to thank, any people that has helped you get to this point, you got the floor to thank anybody you want to, Scott. Yeah, you can uh, you can you can follow my, my Facebook or Twitter account, Scott Zipidelli13, uh, HRE Enterprises. Um, you can see all of our partners, sponsors, and and teammates, and uh, you can see our whole story on those sites. And uh, like I say, we appreciate all the support from you guys and all the fans. Scott, thanks again for coming on tonight. Congratulations again on being the NASCAR Temporal Truck Series champion of 2018. Don't be a stranger, brother. Glad to get you back on at Thank a later you, man. date. And good, luck. and good luck in 2019, Scott. We appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Zibby. Fidel there, Stephen. Uh, NASCAR Campbell World Truck Series champion crew chief. I say it week in and week out. Everybody we have on, all of our guests, they ain't forgot where they come from, brother. And Scott's one of them. And like you mentioned, after that race there in Chicago, they didn't have a sponsor. They didn't have no money. They didn't know where they were going to go with this. It's like the little team that could, and they done it, Stephen. Yeah, he he's exactly right on the point where he said that you don't have to be a millionaire or you don't have to be a Cup Series affiliated owned team. You can just go and work hard, do your job, and by surrounding yourself with the right people, then you can go out there and, and do exactly what they did. But it takes hard work. I remember when he said in Homestead, he said, you know, they, these eight or ten guys that we have working on the team, you know, they're working 12, 14, 16 hours a day, and he'd have to leave there and kick guys out of the shop and tell them to go home and go get some sleep. And, and, but the, and, but, and that shows just the dedication that this team had and their willingness to go the extra mile to to bring home that championship. And, and, and while the team can do everything they can do in the garage and, and in the shop and on pit road, but pairing themselves with Brett Moffat to 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 drive that truck in 2018, um, I don't think that there could have been a better pairing, to be honest with you. I don't either. You know, we've had uh, Scott Zippadelli on before, Stephen. Uh, he's actually come on and talked a lot. And uh, to let all of our, all the listeners know, that's Greg Zippadelli's brother. Greg was the uh, championship crew chief there for Tony Stewart. Uh, I don't know how many times there. I know once. But uh, you and I and Suzanne had the opportunity to come out of the press box and come down on the stage, I'm going to call it the stage, where they crowned the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series champion. And just to see Scott up there with Brett, the team, uh, Hattari racing. I mean, I remember looking over one time and seeing, I think it was whenever Scott first came up on the on the stage there with Christopher Vogel and all them to do, that, uh, do, to do their interview. Uh, he came up there and he grabbed a beer, he took a sip, Throwed it on everybody, grabbed another beer, took a sip, throwed it on, throwed it on everybody. That's one man that was 
very, very grateful to the good Lord and for what he has has accomplished in 2018, Stephen. And I know, you know, you you were right there side by side with us. It was just, it was an awesome moment seeing, like I keep saying, the little team that could. Yeah, it's raw emotion. It's just a lot of raw emotion. People that have put in all the work that they put in and the fruits of their labor were born out of it with the championship in 2018. And, and it's just that raw emotion that in the moment, you you may not be realizing everything that is going on, but you know that all that work that you put in, and now you're a champion, and nobody can take that away from you. Amen, brother. And I want to congratulate them, too. And Stephen, coming up here on top of the hour, do we have anything else we need to get out? Uh, anything I missed? Anything you want to talk about before we jump out of here? No, I, I mean, it's been pretty, um, aside from, you know, Kurt Busch and going to a new ride, Blake Cook getting in a new ride in, in 2019. Um, we've got a couple more announcements that'll be made here very shortly in the off season with everybody uh, still with Daniel Suarez to to uh, to announce where he's going to go. I mean, by all indications, he's uh, his exit from Joe Gibbs Racing will include Arius that will go along with him and um, take over that ride vacated by Kurt Busch, although it hasn't been announced yet. Uh, all indications are that's where he will be in 2019. And, Stephen, if you heard where uh, – oh, gosh, my mind just went blank. Uh, McMurray. If you heard where Jamie McMurray might possibly go, is there any rumors out there in the media blitz that where he might go, or is he going to hang it up too? I don't know. They ever – I mean, I, I haven't heard a whole lot on what – McMurray's plans are, but one interesting note that did to come out here late tonight is Spire Sports, which is a is an agency that is a PR and marketing firm agency for drivers. Um, some of those are uh, um, uh, Kyle Larson and uh, Ross Chastain, James Hinchcliffe, and other drivers, both in NASCAR and IndyCar has purchased the the charter from Furniture Row Racing and will field a Chevrolet team with the number 77 in 2019. Um, they have yet to announce who is going to drive that car or who is going to sponsor that car, but um, that's something that did come out tonight. That's interesting. Inquiring minds would like to know. <laughs> but anyway, Stephen, uh, I want to let everyone know, uh, I think I texted you earlier, uh, next Tuesday evening will be our final show. We're going to take off uh, through, uh, for the Christmas holidays, Christmas and New Year's, and uh, the whole Speedway Digest Radio Network will be shutting down until next year in observance of Christmas and uh, New Year's. But Russell Branham, is going to join us next Tuesday evening at uh, 7.20 Eastern Time to talk about the transformation Talladega. I got that text from him today. I don't know if I text you to let you know, Stephen. But, uh, again, uh, I'm Tim Despain, and 
Cleveland. Let everybody know. We're follow you on social media, bro. You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash Speedway Digest and SpeedwayDigest.com. I hear you, brother. And uh, I want to thank uh, Scott Zipadella there, NASCAR Camp Lord Choke Series champion there for Atari Motors, Atari Racing to come on and talk with us uh, a little bit about his deal. I got to go in the backside there with him. I'm glad I got to ask him about that leading up to the race deal. But anyway, Stephen, I want to thank you, and I want to thank Suzanne. I want to thank your wife, A.M., for everything she does for everything. And uh, you can follow me at uh, uh, dot net. That's my uh, that's my website that Stephen has set up for me, and Stephen keeps it up to date. I want to thank you, Stephen. And if anybody needs a website deal done there, check out Stephen Woodson at speedwaydigest.com. And again, uh, we will be talking to you next Tuesday evening from Talladega, Alabama, for our final show of 2018. And thanks again to Scott Zippadelli and all that bunch. We're going to say good night from Dega Nation. I'm Tim Spain. He's Stephen Wilson. <laughs>
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.